Wow, it's great to be here. It's hard even walking about because you know everyone. This is family and it's hard stopping to meet everyone and greet everyone. And Terry's not here, huh? He's out on the road or... Oh, he's good, good, good. So many of you, it's so great to see you and see friends again. You know, the Lord has blessed us abundantly. Uh, People ask, how are you doing? You know, God is so good all the time. I don't care what situations we might face or what we, we might be going through. Listen, we as believers have some rejoicing in our heart. Brother Don Vickery, a dear friend. Wow, he's in heaven today. Did you hear that? Passed away this morning. He's doing some rejoicing. Wow, pray for Sister Connie. But he's doing some rejoicing. I tell you, God is so good. You know, we used to have at the old revival temple over on Woodlawn Lake, a bucket by the pulpit. And it had a word on it. Anyone remember what that word was on the bucket? Joy. From the scripture in Isaiah, you shall draw, with joy you will draw waters out of the well of salvation. With joy you will draw waters out of the well of salvation. How is salvation going to come? How is it going to come? It's going to come through that joy bucket. That's what's going to draw people to Christ is our joy, our love for him, our excitement, our worship, our praise. With joy we shall draw waters out of the well of salvation. Jill and Jack went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown and Jill came tumbling after. Some of you that don't know what it is to fetch a pail of water or know who Jack and Jill is, Listen, I used to draw water. We had a cistern on our old farm. Loved to drop the bucket down in the water and draw it out on the rope. But Jack broke his crown. Jill came tumbling after. Can you keep your joy? Jack and Jill? Something about children. God made them resilient, didn't he? They can be weeping one minute and the next minute joyful and laughing. You shall go out weeping, bearing precious seed, but you're going to come again rejoicing, bringing your sheaves with you. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves. Yes, we go out weeping. How many know we need the altar? We need the weeping. We need the persecution. Did you hear me? We get too comfortable without the altar, without desperation, without the tears. But there's a guarantee. You go out weeping, bearing precious seed. You shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. God wants us to go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy. Boy, I I think Brother Don this morning, boy, he's, he's had a shock of joy. 
something you can't imagine what we're in for. It's going to be worth it all. Listen, God has something great in store for us. I don't know if we have the PowerPoint here on. There we go. Go ahead to the next one here. I want to talk to you about joy. Uh, this is my son preaching in Japan. And I love how this church in Japan has the word joy always there. This is the Tendi Church that John and Gloria Cathcart founded many years ago. Caleb is the pastor translating for Bobby there. But they have that word joy right out front. Joy. My son has been such a blessing to me. Stand up, Bobby. He's here with me. Some of you were surprised he was here too. My son, Bobby. Bobby helped Cindy and I with the last two years in China. Very difficult time. He and his wife were there. Then he was with us here in California. And then in Japan, I've been able to be alongside of him and see him minister in both the Ishikiti Church and the Tendi Church in Nara Prefecture and also in Osaka. See him minister to children, which I never thought that was his gift, teach English to children. But Bobby is a son in whom I am well pleased. Isn't it great? When God sends us out two by two and the other one happens to be your son, that's okay, right? Together with the same vision to take the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. Now church, you did something fantastic in January. You raised funds for missions. You weren't able to have your actual conference. You blessed us. You're giving. Amazing. Terry, huge check. I was shocked in January. You as a church are sending forth precious seed. When you face difficult times on your job, in your home, whatever, persecution, whatever's going wrong in this country, listen, you keep the right attitude. You are investing in the kingdom of God and those are your sheaves coming home with joy they're coming home to bless you go to the next one here i want to show you some of our children in china because some of you might not know them this is luke i spent the last night in china with luke and four other boys we had a great dinner time together this is luke in our home our apartment in shuzhou but he really grew up four hours away in nathan bell's orphanage but this is Luke. I wanted to show you a picture of Luke. Jenny also grew up in the same orphanage. You can see where these children came from and what a blessing they are today. And uh, uh, Luke is just a special young man. He always has a smile on his face. I tell you, these children love the Lord. They have joy because you brought them out of their desperate situations. I don't know if any of you have seen the flooding going on in China. That flood was in our hometown. We lived there for 14 months, didn't we, Bobby? To see those streets flooding and those cars washed down the road, our hometown, devastation. There are so many people who have so little already, and yet they suffer, and yet you should meet the Christians in China. I tell you, persecution would do us a little good. You should see them pray. 
You should see the joy of serving Jesus. We sang that song, Bringing in the Sheaves. You should see my girls, seven girls at the Home of Hope. They love to dance with that song, and they had their little baskets throwing out the seeds. Sowing out the seeds. Listen, they can do what we can't do. They are Chinese. They can impact their nation. They can impact their villages. But even in the midst of persecution, you know, we can get negative about our circumstances. We can get down or we can decide, Lord, you've been so good to us. Lord, you've been so good. Even through the persecution, even through the tragedies, you've been so good. I will come again rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with us. This is Luke. Go to the next one here. I'm showing you the, the children whose names we're going to follow in the Bible today, okay? This is our Peter. He's 16 years old now. This is him when he had one of his two broken bones. Twice when he went home to his village, he came back with broken bones. But little Peter, oh, he's such a joy. Just recently he was telling me I was reading the Bible. He was having a difficult time, but where did he go to to get his encouragement? Right here, to the Word of God. This is our Peter. I'm proud of him. We're going to hear of Peter today. The next one. And this is Philip and Stephen. And uh, I put them together because over here you see seven of our little boys, or me included, there's seven. You know, the first seven deacons, Stephen and Philip were two of the first seven deacons, right? Where are some of the deacons that were just set in place in this church? You just recently added some new leaders in the church. Awesome. Isn't that exciting? Let's rejoice with you. Wow. We're going to hear of Philip and Stephen today. What great young men these are. Philip is my communicator. If I need to know what's going on with one of the other boys, I just call Philip. He communicates with all of them, and he fills me in. Okay, next here. This is Paul on the left. I got to participate in his wedding and help do the wedding. And then over here, Silas, the one in the middle there. We have Becky and Philip again. But we're going to hear Paul and Silas today. Okay, let's go next. And then this is our Joy. We had a little girl named Joy. And look at that little girl's smile. Does she look like a Joy? She came back to visit us after she grew up. There she is with Christy after she grew up. You know, one of the greatest joys we had when Cindy was sick out in California, one of the young men all the way from Pennsylvania, one of our adopted babies, was able to come to California and he visited Cindy in our home. The blessings come back. When you invest in lives, the blessings come back. And this is our joy, Yufe. Okay, go ahead. I want to talk to you, as you can see already, about joy. You know, a few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Matt spoke a great Fourth of July message on liberty. Can you almost hear, if you get silent in your mind, can you hear that liberty bell ringing? Proclaim liberty to the captives the brokenhearted. Maybe you have a broken heart. God wants to come to set you free. Maybe you're in bondage to something. God wants to set you free. Proclaim liberty throughout the land. 
But it's not the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia or the Liberty Bell that I have been able to see in Knott's Berry Farm in Southern California. Listen, it's a bell ringing in heaven. True liberty won't come through any government. You can live in an oppressive government like China, and yet you can serve God even in the midst of persecution. Ask little Esther, Esther, how's it going in Shushan the palace? There's a man scheming to kill all the Jews. Esther, can you go and stand even though your life is on the line to bring liberty in your nation to the Jews? Daniel, how's it going in Babylon? Wicked government, wicked king. They even schemed to throw you in the lion's den. Can you serve God in the lion's den? Can you serve God in the Shushan Palace? Moses, they're killing all the babies. You survived, but you see your brethren being beaten and enslaved. Sometimes a little persecution does us good. The first thing I taught the children when I got to China was joy, J-O-Y. And boy, they grabbed a hold of that the very first week. They made a flag out of it. Jesus and others and you, what a wonderful way to spell joy. Jesus and others and you, in the life of each girl and each boy. J is for Jesus, he has first place. O is for others we meet face to face. Y is for you in whatever you do. Put yourself last. That spells joy. How many of us put ourselves first? It's all about what I have, what I possess, what I do, what I, how much money in the bank. Put yourself Lust, that spells joy. Tell you, when you love Jesus first and you invest in others, that's where the joy is. That's where the joy is. And I taught the children, no matter what you lack, that's where the joy is, the banner. Listen, we can rally around the American flag. I love the American flag. I was born on the 4th of July. I'm patriotic. I love politics. I watch every bit of it. But that's not where my hope is. That's not where my joy is. That's not the flag that I rally around. Listen, his banner over me is love. His banner is joy. I tell you, this is the flag. I put it out on my house the 4th of July. I want the Christian flag, the name of Jesus. I'm a citizen of heaven. This is where my joy comes from. I love America, I'll never give up my passport. I'm like Paul, he loved his Roman citizenship, but I'm a citizen of heaven, it's much higher. My name is written in the book there. I'm registered in heaven, are you? Listen, this is what it's about, the kingdom of God. Not this life, that bank account will pass away. Listen, it's about the kingdom of God and going forth and promoting the kingdom of God with joy. We're going to come again with rejoicing.
bringing our sheaves with us. Go ahead to the next one. Is anyone leaping for joy yet? Is anyone rejoicing yet? Woo! We're being persecuted. We're being canceled out. We're, hey, we should be happier today than we were last year. That's what the Bible tells us when they speak evil of you. Rejoice. Leap for joy. I'm going to take you through the book of Luke and Acts today. Luke wrote both books. It just came to my attention recently. Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible and Luke wrote two. But do you know Luke's pages cover more pages in your New Testament than Paul's writings? He wrote more of the New Testament than Paul. And yet, Luke was Greek, a Gentile. Does God love the nations? The foreigner? Well, we don't like what China did to us. Well, I don't think that Daniel and Moses, they didn't like the evil kings either. I don't think Jesus liked the Roman government, but did he come to overthrow it? No, he came to establish something so much better, didn't he? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, something so much greater he came. What I like about in the book of Luke, he only covers four of the Beatitudes, but he matches them with four woes that we don't have in Matthew's account. And it's, it makes it very unique and different. Blessed are you poor. And then he says, but woe, in verse 24, to you who are rich. Where are we putting our joy? In our empty pockets or our full pockets? Woe to you who are rich. Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to get in the kingdom. We better be careful about our possessions. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are you who hunger. And then it says in verse 25, but woe to you who are full. You know, when I read about the Laodicean church in the book of Revelation, we are full. We have need of nothing. We're prosperous. We better be careful, church. I would change my, uh, trade my, my possessions for persecution any day. That's a big statement to make. Because literally people we know are in prison today. Our translator's pastor is in prison today. Pastor Wong Yi, I told you last time we were here. Persecution is tough. We really can't imagine it, but God will have to give us the ticket of faith when we face it. But I tell you, it becomes a church that's on fire when there's a little persecution stirring. And then it says, blessed are you when men hate you. Are you ready for that? And excludes you. Well, I skipped the one that says, blessed are those who weep. We need the altar. And woe to you who laugh now. There's a lot of people scornful now, laughing at the wrong things. But then this last one, the main one of persecution. Blessed are you when men hate you. Do you feel blessed? Wow. And when they exclude you. We don't like being left out. I don't want to be the last one chosen for the team. And cast out your name. Just cancel you out. Rejoice in that day and do what? 
Leap for joy. How many of you are ready to leap for joy? I don't care what we face in this country or any country. Your attitude is the most important thing that we're ready to rejoice. So the text that Matthew was mentioning that he heard me speak on is the end of Luke. If you want to turn in your Bible, Luke chapter 24. We see the picture of two men on the road of Emmaus. And the scripture says they were very sad. And Jesus happens to join them on the road and they don't recognize him. Jesus said, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you're sad? Why are you so sad, Jesus is asking. And verse 21, but we were hoping that he was going to redeem Israel. They were hoping for a deliverer, overthrow the Roman Empire, come on, Jesus, set up a new government. We were hoping, it says in verse 21, we're so sad because... Evidently, Jesus wasn't the one to come and overthrow the government. God's not here to overthrow earthly governments. He's here to establish a heavenly kingdom. Oh, we were hoping. They were so sad. Well, Jesus began to reveal to them the Old Testament scriptures. and Then he sat down to eat with them. And when the fish... When they begin to eat, they saw and they recognize that this is Jesus. And then in verse 36, he appears to all the disciples and look at my hands and handle me and see me. I'm not a spirit. I'm not a ghost. And verse 41, but while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food? Let's sit down and eat some honey and some fish. They were in shock. They couldn't believe for joy. I tell you, I want that kind of joy, though. A shock. I believe Brother Don is, wow, he was shocked at the joy. See, he entered heaven this morning. Listen, for joy. And then we have the, I love Luke's account here of the Great Commission. I want to talk to you about the joy of the Great Commission, the joy of making disciples. Here he begins to talk in verse 46. This is the great commission. Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer. Sometimes it's necessary for us to suffer. Take up your cross and follow him. It's not a popular message, but... And to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations. Wow. Go ahead to the outline here that we have. Can we go out and preach with great joy? Now, this is for everyone. You know, preaching isn't necessarily standing up behind a pulpit like this. I did a lot of preaching with the children one-on-one. -on -one. Preaching, the Bible says, is your testimony, sharing your faith. Wow. You're going to overcome by the word of your testimony and the blood of the lamb every one of you have been sent out to go out with great joy and preach not necessarily behind a pulpit but go out and share your testimony when you have an opportunity give an answer for what you've received tell what great things God has done for you the changes in your life can you preach with great joy share your testimony 
with great joy. That is the great commission. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise. Wow, the promise with great joy. How many love the promises? Wow, standing on the promises of God. This book is full of promises. And we need to receive them with great joy. I tell you, it's good news. When you tell people what they're promised when they receive Jesus, it's good news. Wow, sharing the promises with great joy. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. Wait for it in Jerusalem till you receive that power from on high. And then he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. Came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Jesus, we've walked with you on the earth for over three years. Now you're leaving us. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. I tell you, the great commission is to be fulfilled with great joy. They just lost Jesus after all these years. He did the miracles. He did all these signs and wonders. He taught them. He led them. Now they're on their own. But they're ready. They parted with great joy. So I want us to look at these three points. Preaching with great joy. Sharing the promises with great joy. And even our parting with great joy. So let's go, if you would, over to the book of Acts. Go ahead here. To the book of Acts, chapter 5. And here the disciples, Peter and the disciples, they've gone out preaching. They've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they're going out preaching. What happens right away? Acts chapter 5, verse 18, they're thrown in the common prison. How many are ready to be thrown in the common prison? An angel opens the doors. They go out back to their preaching again in the town square. They arrest them again. Did we not strictly command you not to teach? What are you doing preaching and sharing your testimony? What are you doing? We told you to stop. We already throw you in prison once. They arrest them. What are we going to do? Should we kill them? Gamaliel said, no, you know, you'll just make martyrs out of them. You better just wait and see if this is of God or not. And then in verse 40, but they did agree with Gamaliel. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, how many are ready to be beaten? They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. Stop that preaching. And that they were counted. What did they do? They went out. And departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame. How many are willing for your reputation to be ruined? Suffered shame for his name. And what did they do? They went daily in the temple, from house to house. They did not cease teaching and preaching. Wow, they went out of the council, out of that arrest. They went out rejoicing and continued their preaching. Don't let anything stop you. I don't care what's going on bad in your family. I don't care what's going on bad in the nation. It's all about our attitude. I read, my son gave me a book. I don't know if you, any of you men haven't read these books, Seven Men. 
There's two books now uh, named Seven Men and Seven Other Men, but the great Christian men, and one of the men in one of those books is Chuck Colson. How many of you remember Chuck Colson during the Watergate time of President Nixon? And he was put in prison for what they did in breaking the law. And before he went to prison, he had become a Christian and gotten saved. And so he decided, I'll plead guilty. Because I'm a Christian, I'll plead guilty. I could probably get off or have some kind of plea agreement, but I'll plead guilty. So they sentenced him to prison. And in prison, he was miserable, as many of us would be. Didn't have a very good attitude. They kept turning down his request for parole until one day he decided, wait a minute, I'm going to be happy I'm here. I'm going to start preaching to my fellow inmates. Wow, he didn't know what kind of prison ministry this was going to develop into. All because he pleaded guilty and was willing to go to prison. And when he changed his attitude to one of joy of being there, when he changed his attitude to one of ministering to his fellow prisoners, within a couple months, for some reason, the governor just decided to let him out. And the prisoner said, well, you'll forget us, Chuck. You got out now. You got your attitude right. You got out. You'll forget us. He didn't forget them. He started the greatest prison fellowships across. Many of you men have been part of it. Because he was willing to preach and change his attitude in prison. Today, a great prison ministry. You know, when I go to Louisiana, I go with my dad to the prison every week and minister. To sit around a table with a group of men that can't go anywhere. You have a captive audience, but they have their Bibles. They're hungry for the word of God. Listen, wherever we are, whatever circumstance, can you be like Chuck Colson? I'll do it with joy. I'm going to minister. I'm going to continue it even after I'm freed out of prison. I'm going to continue ministering and preaching with joy. God wants us to preach this message with great joy. Well, the persecution just continued in the book of Acts. I mean, everywhere they went, they were being persecuted, but this did not stop. The Christians. In chapter 8, we see that Stephen has just been martyred for his faith. The persecution has really gotten intense. You know, I've told you before, I've told some of you, I believe we're in the city we're in in China because three Catholic priests were martyred in our city for teaching boys, just what I do, for baptizing 3,000 in the 1940s. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Are we willing to be a Stephen if necessary? And then Philip, one of the other seven deacons. Here they've been persecuted. Stephen's been killed. Are you still going to be brave and go out and be bold and preach the kingdom of God? In verse 4 we see him. Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere. They've been scattered by persecution. They went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And there was great joy in that city. I tell you, you go out even under the threat of persecution, the threat of death, the threat of prison, but you're going to come again rejoicing. There was great joy in Samaria. 
One more under this, these, this preaching, how important it is that we go out and preach with joy. I tell you, I, I look forward to every opportunity I get up to preach, but it's also one-on-one. You know, at night it took me an hour to go around to each bed and speak with each child and pray for each one. But that's what it's about, time spent ministering. And whatever opportunity you get with your children, your grandchildren, your workplace, whatever it is, fulfill the Great Commission with joy. Here we are in Acts chapter 16. And one of the saddest verses I know of is verse 6. Paul was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. (laughs) For me, you know, my love is Asia, Japan and China. But God has a different place for all of us. God might not send you to Asia. He might have a different plan for you, your neighborhood, your family, your workplace, whatever it is. Wherever you are. Paul wasn't allowed to go to Asia at that time. But he had a vision, a man from Macedonia calling out, come, Paul, come, we need you to come to Macedonia and preach the gospel. Reminded me of another one of those great men in the books, Patrick. Patrick, Ireland. Patrick had been enslaved in Ireland. He had been sold into slavery. He had escaped And now in a vision, God's telling him to go back to the country that enslaved you, Patrick. Talk about persecution. Are you willing to go back to the very people who hated you and sold you on the block as a slave? He has a vision. Holy boy. Come to Ireland. We we need you to share the gospel. Listen, the call is going out. I don't know what it's going to take for God to scatter the church these days until we go out and preach with joy. Being sold into slavery, being thrown into prison like Chuck Colson, whatever it takes. God, scatter us so that we preach the gospel. Scatter us when we go out of these doors that we see it as an opportunity to go out into the world and share our testimony with joy. Every one of us has that responsibility to go out with joy. Romans 10 says, how are they going to hear without a preacher? How lovely on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news, good news, announcing peace, Proclaiming joy and happiness. Our God reigns. Our God. Boy, if you don't have joy in your spirit, you're not going to share your testimony with anyone. If it doesn't make you joyful, if you're not leaping for joy, if you're not excited about it, Chuck Colson, you didn't do anything in prison until you changed your attitude. It's with joy we're going to draw water out of the well of salvation. Oh my, we need to hurry on. Let's go to the promise, the joy of the promise. Okay, go ahead to the next one here, the joy of the promise. Acts chapter 2, we all know the day of Pentecost. But there wasn't just one promise mentioned in this chapter, there's two. We want to emphasize the Holy Spirit being poured out, and that was great. Oh, they had to wait for it. They needed the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
But in his sermon, Peter preaches about another, another promise. <coughs> Excuse me. He quotes David. <clears throat> He's preaching here. They've received the Holy Spirit. And he said, David says concerning him, concerning the Messiah, I foresaw the Lord. Now it's amazing to me that in the Old Testament, David could foresee this. It's just amazing. The prophetic knowledge God gave many of the Old Testament prophets. I foresaw the Lord. He is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Verse 26, therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to seek corruption. What was David foreseeing? The promise of the resurrection. You will not leave the Messiah. You will not leave in Hades. The Holy One will not seek corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. Even in the Old Testament, David understood the resurrection. You will make me full of joy in your presence. I tell you, when you begin to share the joy of the resurrection, what have been people been looking for their whole life? The fountain of youth. Live forever. Eternal life. Listen, you have the best news to share. God so loved the world, he gave his son. For what reason? To give us everlasting life. Whoever believes. The joy of the resurrection, that's the greatest promise to go out and share eternal life. Wow, Don Vickery today, he's entered into eternal life much better than what we have here. Wow, the joy of the resurrection as well as the joy of Pentecost when the wind blew and the fire fell upon each one of them. But David's joy, Peter said in that day of Pentecost, was the promise of the resurrection. He would not leave his Holy One to seek corruption in the grave. The joy of the resurrection. Okay, and go over, if you would now, to Paul and Antioch. Now we love this when it comes to missions because this was where the first missionaries were sent out from Antioch where they were first called Christians. The Holy Spirit spoke to some prophets. I'm ready to send out Paul and Barnabas, lay hands on them, send them out as missionaries. Listen, every one of you have the Holy Spirit. You're being sent out when you go out those doors. You're going out as missionaries. And what are you going to face when you go out? Yeah, you better be ready for it. Immediately, what did Paul and Silas face? They faced Elamus the sorcerer. He withstood them to their face. Wow. Paul, seems like he's repeating something he remembers in his own life. He caused him to be struck blind for a time. Was Paul struck blind for a time? <laughs> Same thing happened to Elamus here. Oh boy, they suffered some persecution immediately upon going out. And, but Paul preaches the resurrection. He says, yes, Paul, Pilate put to death Jesus. They put him on a tree in verse 29. They laid him in a tomb. Verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. And verse, verse 32, and we declare to you glad tidings. That promise which was made 
to the fathers. What was that promise made to the fathers? The resurrection, eternal life. A Messiah would come and die on a cross and be raised the third day. We bring you glad tidings of the promise. We have nothing but good news, glad tidings to share. We should be so excited to share it everywhere we go because it's good news. People are looking for eternal life. But you're going to face persecution. Verse 45, the Jews get jealous. They're filled with envy. They oppose Paul and Barnabas. Paul says, all right, then we'll turn to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. We'll go to the nations then, right? You persecuted us, we'll go to the nations then. It's not just for the Jews. In verse 47, this salvation is to the ends of the earth. Verse 48, they were glad. Boy, the Gentiles were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. I tell you, it's a joy when you're on the mission field or a foreign field to see them be glad when they receive this precious word. You can hardly get a Bible in China anymore. They made it illegal now to sell it on Taobao, which is their Amazon. Uh, now they're taking the Bible apps off the phones. Listen, I'm afraid we don't appreciate this precious seed that God has given us to love this book. I love how Martin Luther put it. The Bible is the cradle that holds the Christ. The Bible is the cradle that holds the Christ. If you want Christ to speak to you, if you want to see Christ, you open this book and read it. The Bible is the cradle that holds the Christ. How many know this is Christmas in July right now? I arrived at the airport here in San Antonio and a woman was standing in front of a Christmas tree with a cowboy hat on and cowboy boots. She was singing Christmas songs. Right? Did you see that, Bobby? I don't know if you saw it when you arrived. This is the 25th of July. Right? Right now. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart. Boy, we've got the message of joy. We got the promise that the baby Jesus was coming to take away the sins. We rejoice in the promises. Listen. He was just the first fruits of the resurrection. Who else has the promise of the resurrection? You and I. Wow. The promise of the resurrection, Brother Terry. Both Terry's over there. Good to see you, Terry. There. The promises. We have something to get excited about. We have the promises. Chapter 26. Here is one of my favorite chapters, Paul, before... King Agrippa. And I love what he says in verse 2. I think myself happy, King Agrippa. Wait a minute. King Agrippa is sitting on a throne. Get this picture in his royal robes with his crown on. Listening to Paul share his testimony. In chains, the Bible says. Because he even says to King Agrippa, I wish that you were as I am except for these chains. And who's happy? Paul is the one happy. I think myself happy, King Agrippa. 
We call King Agrippa Agrippa the almost because almost he believed Paul. He said, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. Almost. Paul said, I would that you were not almost, but that you were all together as I am. Oh, the joy Paul had, even when he had chains on. He says, I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made by God to the fathers, the hope of the resurrection. I've been sent here to you because I preach the resurrection. And the Sadducees didn't like me preaching on the resurrection. Literally, the Sadducees didn't believe there was a resurrection. That's why they're sad, you see. <laughs> right? Literally, he said, that's why I'm standing before you, the promise of the resurrection. Why could Paul be happy in chains? He knew where he was going to spend eternity. He knew he had the promise of the resurrection. He wanted King Agrippa to have it too. If we're really full of joy, it's going to be easy to share our testimony and our faith. Boy, the power of the resurrection. Martin Luther said this, our Lord has written the promise of the resurrection, not in books alone, but in every leaf in springtime. The proof of the resurrection, as God brings the whole earth back to life every spring. You have joy to share. Wow, you have your testimony to share. And now the parting, the joy in parting. We've looked at the joy of preaching, the joy of sharing our testimony, it should be contagious. Boy, the joy of the promises that God has given us, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the resurrection, the joy imparting. One of the most difficult things for a missionary is you're always leaving someone you love behind. In America, you're leaving behind family many times. Nine grandchildren. Three children. You all know Christy and Bobby, Ethan. The Aldersons, I can't imagine after 40 years the relationships they have in Japan. When you leave Japan, the weeping as people send you away. But there is a joy in parting because we know what, what the result will be. Even Jesus said he despised the cross, the shame of the cross, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Wow. Lord, help us. Can you imagine? Take up your cross and follow him. Even though we despise the cross and we hate the shame, can you see beyond the cross to the joy? For the joy that was set before him, even the joy imparting. And in Acts chapter 20, we have Paul with the church of Ephesus from Ephesians, uh, the book of Ephesians, not the book, we're in Acts 20, but from Ephesus. And in Acts 20 here, Paul is saying goodbye to the elders, knowing he'll never see them again. This is a church that he loved so much. There were a lot of tears, a lot of weeping, a lot of hugging. And I've been there. I know exactly the emotions that must have been in this church of Ephesus. And yet, what was Paul's attitude? Paul says, I know I'm going to Jerusalem. 
It's already been prophesied. I'm going to be put in chains. I know I'll never see your face again. And so here they are. Verse 17, he sent for, for the elders to come to him to the coast, the boat he was getting ready to get on. He said, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I lived among you, serving the Lord with humility and many tears. It's not easy going forth bearing precious seed. Many trials, many tears. Verse 22, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Verse 23, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying the chains and tribulation await me. Verse 24, oh, I love this verse. But none of these things move me. Can we say that? When we know we're going to be thrown in prison but none, and our life threatened, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself that I may finish my race with joy. Paul, you're saying bye to all those you love. You're going to be in chains. You know what's coming. It's been prophesied. How can you finish your race with joy? Wow, we just talked about the promises. We know what's coming, right? Joy is the only thing that will be effective in sharing that seed. And he said, I'm going to finish my race with joy. In verse 25, and indeed, now I know that you all among whom I have been going preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. So I commend you in verse 32 to, to God and to the word of his grace. In some sense, we're having to do that now while we're away from our children, trusting God to care for them. Verse 35, verse 36, sorry. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Sorry most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more, and they accompanied him to the ship. The missionaries that are here, have you ever had a difficult parting like that before? It's not always easy, but I will finish my race with joy. I want to go one more place on the parting, and this is a promise Cindy and I carried with us. And going back to Luke now, Luke wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Yes, we're going to leave. Yes, we're going to part people we love. Yes, we're even going to leave behind family at times. It's not always going to be easy. The parting is not always easy, but if we're willing to do it. The story here is a young man came to Jesus, said, what do I do, Lord, to inherit that eternal life, that promise? What do I do? And Jesus told him to obey the commandments. He said, I've done all these for my youth. And then in verse 22, when Jesus heard these things, he said, you still lack one thing. This is a hard statement. You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I'm supposed to keep all my possessions. I'm supposed to store up a large bank account for my children, leave an inheritance to my children. What are you talking about? Sell all, give up everything. What are you talking about? You know, I know we were to leave our farm to our children, then they'll work hard on the farm. I know we were 
to leave certain things to our children. Leave them the house. Let them learn to mow the lawn. Take care of the house. But I'm not so sure where to give them a big bank account. How did that turn out with the prodigal son when he was given a large amount of money? Sell it all. Invest it in the kingdom of heaven. And what did this young man do? He wasn't willing. It said he was very rich. So he went away how? Very sorrowful. But two people in this story were very sorrowful. When you see it in these two verses. Verse 22, but when he heard this, he became very sorrowful. For he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that, he became very sorrowful. Jesus became very sorrowful. And he said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And this is when Peter pipes in, well, Lord, we've left all to follow you. We've left it all behind. And Jesus said, yes, there is no one who has left house, a brand new house, gated community, Summerfield, moved to a village down a dirt road, above a Chinese family, can't speak to them, the smells are all coming because there's no pea trap underneath the commodes. Are you willing to leave your house, your comfortable place? Or your parents, my parents right now are 88, 86. Or your brothers, or your wife. Wait a minute, I'm supposed to leave my wife? Well, in some cases it's happened. Cindy and I went to visit the gravesite of Eric Lytle, the great Olympic runner. The Olympics are going on right now in Japan. He was born in China, he died in China, a missionary. They honor him to this day. They have a huge memorial. The concentration camp he died in, you can go and visit it. We went and saw it. Eric Lytle, when he knew that they were in great danger, he sent his wife and children away to Canada so they would be safe. Sometimes even leaving your wife, can you imagine? And died in a concentration camp in China. Are we willing to give up our possessions? Are we willing to go? I've heard families say, oh, I don't want my children to live away from me. I want them to all live right around me. You're thinking this life only. Listen, we've got to invest in the kingdom of God. God doesn't call everyone to go to a foreign field, but if God's calling your child, please don't hold them back. They'll never be happy here. Wow, willing to go, willing to serve, willing to leave all. And you're going to receive many times more. You talk about the joy. I've never had so many homes and so many cars given to me. People told me when you go into ministry, you'll be so poor. When you go to Bible college, Houses, children in China that love me, children here, the houses and family, it's going to be multiplied to you when you go forth and leave it all behind. There is joy in the parting because of your investing in the kingdom. It's going to come back to you. Better, multiply, many times more 
There's a joy even in the parting because of what we're going to receive. So these three points. Here's, here's some of my young men. I've been gone for over a year. The joy when you get together again and see each other again. And there's a joy both in the parting and in the returning. God has been so good to me. Okay? Preaching with great joy. Promise with great joy. And even being willing to part with great joy. For you shall go out with what? With joy and be led forth with peace while the mountains and the hills will break forth into singing and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. When we're willing to go, we will go out with joy my son has had me reading a book where the hymns down through centuries are so important. Let's end with a hymn. Go to this one. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found that hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the Savior's presence is so near, I can see his smiling face. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of Glory, oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found no, no tongue can tell how its waves of glory roll. It is like a great overflowing well springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of Glory, full of glory, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. Father, we thank you, Lord. I pray that not one seed will fall to the ground, that the seeds that went into the heart of each individual find soft hearts, hearts ready to receive the word, hearts ready to overflow with joy unspeakable. Lord, I pray that you bless us as we go out with joy. Lord, as we go out with peace, as we go out bearing precious seed that will doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us in Jesus' name. Amen.